This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. 77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Great Mike Rutherford right here. Mike Rutherford, Mike and the Mechanics, also part of that great band Genesis. Mike Rutherford, Phil Collins at one point. They also had Peter Gabriel. And along with Sting and some others, Mike Rutherford is celebrating a birthday today. I have no idea how old Mike is. I love this song. It's a great father-son song. I usually play this on my dad's birthday, living years. How old is Mike Rutherford He's today? He's old. 73. Oh, God. <laughs> all it is is depressing. We're, we shouldn't even do them anymore. Well, they're all in their 70s and 80s, all of them. Yeah, Every just, one of them. Just say that, 70 plus. See, the problem is, if it's a young kid's birthday today, I'm not going to play it. Like, I'm not going to play Justin Bieber. I'm not going to play um, Lamar oh. Hendricks or whatever his name is. Lamar, yeah, it's awful. Kendrick Lamar, whatever the hell it is. Lamar Hendricks. I don't know. God. Is his manager's name? I don't know who he is. I just don't care. I do like uh, the kid Justin Timberlake. I like him. And uh, I once well, did... he's not a kid anymore either. He's not either. You're right. But he's in his 40s, I think. He's not. I once did shots with Chris Kirkpatrick at the Super Bowl. He's one of those guys in instinct. And um, one time Lance Bass did a movie with Emmanuel Sharik. He saw on a train in Chicago... And he spent the next two hours, even though he's gay, trying to find her again. She's really pretty. She oh, was. She's amazing. She was yeah. gorgeous. She was an entourage and that stupid movie um, with uh, Adam Sandler when he played the hairdresser. Oh, what was that? <laughs> Zoolander. She was gorgeous, that uh, that girl. Well, maybe she still is. Joe Abood, I carried Lila, one of his two beautiful daughters, down the runway to this song when she was one year old. I remember that, Joseph. When we had that beautiful event for you last year down in Gramercy Park, we actually played the song in the video. So I remember that. All right. Uh, you heard there Brian Kilmeade talk about Bob Menendez. And don't start talking about the Hispanic stuff as an excuse 
tomorrow we'll be celebrating Hispanic Heritage Day right here on WABC. We have a bunch of good guests stopping by tomorrow, including the first Latino police commissioner ever, Eddie Caban, and former Yankee great Alex Rodriguez. A-Rod will be here at 9.30 tomorrow. Lawrence Taylor, the greatest football player ever, New York football giant great, set to join us at 9.30 today. But right now, he is the editor of the Nat Review, Politico, NBC, and the perfect Monday morning guest, my dear friend, Rich Lowry. Rich, good morning, buddy. How are you? Good. What's up, Sid? Well, there's a lot going on here, Rich. We averted a government shutdown. And, you know, I know, I, I, at least what I heard was that Matt Gates was very upset that during that whole controversy where he was in trouble for possible sexual harassment, underage girls, all that nonsense, that he um, supposedly was very upset that Kevin McCarthy didn't rush to defend him. And I wonder if a lot of this animus between Gates and McCarthy dates back to that. Do you have any idea? No. Might played into it, but I think he was going to hate McCarthy regardless. Why is that? Just, well, he, he's the backbench bomb thrower. No one's going to be pure enough. Um, and and he's, it was clear, you know, he was just gonna, he was come, coming from McCarthy one way or the other, and the moment's upon us. What is he? I mean, look, I get it. Not the best deal, but... I spoke to Mike Lawler about this from Brockton County last hour. You know, they'll get some Ukraine stuff, the dams, we'll get border stuff when it's all said and done in 45 days. But what does Matt Gates want? Does he want the government shut down? Does he want complete chaos? What does he want? Yeah, exactly. I mean, he wants spending bills that uh, will never pass the Senate or be approved by the White House. So they're just a non-starter. And then he doesn't want to acknowledge that or compromise. And then he wants to blame anyone who accepts reality and compromises. So, and, right. and he doesn't have an alternative for, for speaker either. So, right. I mean, is there, uh, uh, Warner told me this morning, along with uh, Gates, he needs like 200 Democrats yeah. to vote along with him to remove McCarthy. I mean, I, I don't see any realistic chance of removing McCarthy. So what does Gates do? Just bitch every day? Yeah, this is, this is the irony. He's, he's upset because McCarthy finally gave in. After trying to get Gates and, and these guys on, on a Republican alternative you know, for weeks, finally gave up right on the uh, cusp of the deadline and said, oh, I got to do it with Democrats. So Gates's position is this is so terrible that McCarthy worked with Democrats, that Gates is going to work with Democrats to topple McCarthy, which <laughs> makes zero sense. And his first call, apparently, Gates's call was the Congressional Progressive Caucus because they hate McCarthy yeah. the most of any Democrats, just like Gates. So it, it does. It just it makes zero sense. But you know, it's a real. It's unprecedented. It hasn't happened in I don't know 110 years, and it's it's hard to know which way the ball is going to bounce. Are Democrats really going to bail out McCarthy? Are they going to try to squeeze them and get concessions, or will there just be enough moderate Democrats who who uh, uh, come to bail them out with most Democrats voting against them? I think it's probably the most likely result, but but we'll see. When does it all go down? Do you know, <clears throat> sometime this week, I think. What happens is Gates have to, has to put the motion down, and then when he does that, there are two days, uh, legislative days, so-called, before it has to be voted on. And there's a chance before the, those two days are up that McCarthy's allies will offer a motion to so-called table it, you know, make it go away. But you need a majority either to uh, – for the motion to vacate to succeed or a majority to table the motion, and you, you might get, you know, <laughs> you, you might get neither being the case. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and Gates is saying if the motion, his motion to vacate fails, he'll just keep offering it, which is his <laughs> right. 
You know what I really don't like is this uh, Hakeem Jeffries, and, and my friends represent him, and I know the Democrats love him. I don't know why. This is the same moron that spent time on the floor here singing Big E lyrics. I swear to God, he started. He broke into Hypnotize one day when he wanted to name some Brooklyn street after uh, Big E. I swear to God. Um, but then, That's a great, I love that song. I love that song too. But I'm not going to tell you on the house floor start to sing Big E. I mean, Jesus, what a moron! But then I saw him this weekend, and he's like, you know, this uh, this government shutdown aversion is a win for democracy. I'm good with that. It was. And a loss for the MAGA extreme. Shut up. He, he showed his true colors right there. Hakeem Jeffries doesn't give a rat's ass about the American people. He doesn't care about how the government runs. He wants to be able to just stand there and say, we beat the MAGAs. I'm serious. Yeah. That really of pissed course. me off. Of course. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a partisan position. He's a partisan. He's going to act like a... A partisan, but he, you know, this is another irony of what Gates is doing. Now, Hakeem Jeffries has enormous uh, power over who the Republican Speaker of the House will be. What, what sense does that make? You know, and again, so I can understand if a majority of Republicans want to get rid of McCarthy, okay, go do it. But if five Republicans want to get, get rid of McCarthy, you're going to try to do it and, and give this enormous influence to Hakeem Jeffries. It just it makes zero sense at any level. And what about another moron? This Jamal Bowman, who oh, yeah. pulls the fire alarm and tries to play it off like he was confused about the door. We've got video. It's about the time the Republicans are about to vote the House, I should say. It was clear what this guy was trying to do. There's got to be at the very least a censure, if not more. No? Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. You know, it looks like a... Uh, um, a drunk college freshman at his door at 2 a.m. I'll just pull this. And he's the same guy. He's the same guy that'll be the first to bitch and complain about January 6th. But what he did could have easily resulted in another January 6th. Yeah, well, it could have, you know, you can't you can't call the uh, in, in effect. That's what you're doing. You're calling emergency services on a false pretense. And and it seems as though the timing, you know, that he wanted to disrupt the procedure, because at that point, Democrats were, were desperate to delay things. Um, and, and, you know, for understandable reasons, McCarthy laid down this this enormously, enormously consequential bill and said, you know, let's let's vote on it now without anyone reading it, which is a really bad practice. But still, who, who you know, the, the story is. Oh, uh, the door's locked, so I pulled a fire alarm? Who ever, like in the history of humanity, thought <laughs> that's the way to open a door? Come on. Uh, I want to ask you about RFK Jr. He's still out there for some reason, and I have nothing against the guy. And I actually do love the Kennedys. I love the whole story. But this guy's a clown. And then, of course, what he said during the COVID about the Jews, he's pretty much gone away since. Mm-hmm. But I got friends who really believe, as an independent candidate, he may do what Ross Perot did many, many years ago. Maybe they're right. I don't know. I don't look at this guy as significant, as relevant, any of those things. Do you? No, Perot was a, a unique phenomenon. But look, this is uh, this one could be a threat to Trump because of the prism through which, and it's clearly one of the prisms, not the only one, but a prism through which the 2024 race will be viewed, assuming both Trump and Biden are the candidates, is establishment versus anti-establishment. And what's RFK? You know, he's from this establishment family, but now he's this dissident and black sheep who is an anti-establishment candidate. And there, there could be some, you know, small percentage that, uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm not with Biden. I, I didn't believe in the vaccines. I thought they went way too far. I ordinarily would like Trump, or for some reason I don't, and I'm voting for, for RFK. And, again, you get, get like a 2020 
type result with real, yeah. real close races in the swing states, which I would expect again, that could make a difference. Now, on the other side of the ledger, you know, a Cornell West or Joe Manchin could hurt Biden. Uh, but it's just one way. This is this is going to be a wild, just a wild race next year. You know, there was a time, Rich, before you started dining with Donald Trump and having him send you unprovoked your stories in the Nat Review signed by him and this love affair you're having with Trump. There yeah. was a time, I remember when I first uh, told the guys, I want Larry on every week. And Bernard said, but he's a never-Trumper. I said, he is? He said, yeah, he's a never-Trumper. I said, so what? So is my cousin Norm Coleman. So is Lindsey Graham. So many, so many other folks. So there was a time, at least, when you were considered that by very, very smart people. But even if you were, I'm not saying you were, even if you were, what's happening in civil court today in New York has to make you nauseous, no? Yes, uh, I'm still not with Trump. Uh, I'm not sure I'll ever be with Trump. But, yeah, I mean, this is it's, it's one of these things. Well, what, what, did you, what, did you pay for lunch that day or something? What's the problem? <laughs> <laughs> you know, did, did, did he inflate his numbers? Yeah, of course he, he, he did. Is he the only one in the history of the real estate business who inflated his numbers? No. Are they going after him because his last name is Trump? Yes. So it's like it, it's guilty, but it's still appalling that uh, they're going after him this way. So, they, I mean, they're basically going to nuke and destroy his, his company. And then uh, s- several months later, they're going to try to take away his freedom. So the Mets fired Buck Showalter yesterday. If you read the papers today, it said Buck resigned. Same thing happened to me. WFAN, Mark Chernoff called me and Danielle and said, we're going to fire you, but if you want to resign, it looks better. Mm-hmm. So I resigned. Uh, he got fired after two years by the Mets. Shocking. I think most people are absolutely shocked. I don't think Yankee fans will be shocked if Aaron Boone gets fired. Would you like to see both New York teams fire their managers this offseason? You know, I've gotten tired of Boone just, you know, listening to him at press conferences, which is not a good reason to, to fire a manager trying to explain how, you know, this guy's, you know, his hitting 177 is really barreling the ball well, you know, and he's coming around. I'm just kind of sick of it. But I, I think – Buck Showalter is a great baseball man, just a great baseball man. So the idea that Mets failure has to do with Buck, same thing with, you know. I, well, well, the, sure but the, the owner did say it, it wasn't him. The owner said, look, it has nothing to do with Buck. I hired a new baseball operations man, David Stern. He wants to bring in his new his own guys. And mm-hmm. Bill Madden did write a very interesting story yesterday. I like Bill, not Lubica. Lubica's story stupid. But Bill Madden wrote a good story where he said that the Mets are all caught up in these baseball analytics and yeah. Buck is kind of old school. That's not his yeah, thing. No, that's so. true. Yeah, that's true. There's a great Buck Showalter story, by the way. He uh, when he you know came up with the Yankees, of course, and he was a young manager of spring training, and he was invited out to dinner with Billy Martin. So this is like a huge honor, you know. I'm, I'm one of the gang now, and a, and a guy a guy said come up came up to him beforehand and said, Buck, whatever you do, eat before you go to dinner. He's like, what are you talking about? Eat a lot before you go to dinner. And of course, he goes to dinner with Billy Martin and his gang, and he understands because, like, three hours in, all they've done is drink. drink you know? <laughs> drink I'm going to put, put you on the spot is. right here on the way out here, which Lowry, Buck Showalter, and I did this last hour with my guys on the show. Buck Showalter became the fifth manager ever to manage both the Mets and the Yankees. Uh, yeah. How many of the four can you name before him? Oh, I don't know. Uh, Casey Stingle. Bang. Uh, I don't know. Did Lee Mazzilli? Incorrect. Incorrect. Um, One hint? Uh, oh, a Yogi? Yogi Berra, 1973 World Series for the Mets. Two more. Yeah. Um, you mentioned the most obvious one. He won four World Series with the Yankees. Oh, Tori oh, Tory was a Mets manager? Yes, 1979. I totally forgot about and that. And you're missing one more. This is the hardest one, but I'll give you a hint. 
His granddaughter was murdered. She was 10 years old when they tried to shoot Giffords out in Arizona. Oh, I don't know. He also managed the Phillies, the World Series. No? Yeah. Dallas Green, that's uh, that's the oh, fifth one. Oh, so. Dallas Green. Oh, it, God, uh, that's awful. Isn't that awful? I realize that about his granddaughter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was awful, yes. yes. So that's a trivia question. Yeah, a, that's a good question, right? It is. Very put, it, put it in National Review today. Talk about Showalter getting Absolutely. fired and give me the damn credit. We'll, fi- we'll fire, fire Boone, and you guys can hire him, and there we go. Another <laughs> one. <laughs> he'll, he'll make number six. There you go. Hey, Rich, great job as always, buddy. Right, Thank you. you. Now, he's you. so good, folks.